All right. Can y'all hear me? I'm not used to talking, like holding a microphone, so this will be interesting. Um, most of the time when I'm on stage, I'm used to like having a shield in front of me, and I'm starting to miss that like right about now, but uh, we'll see how this goes. So Kendall asked me to speak like last, he texted me Monday about 12, and was asking me, you know, hey, can you do this? Is it okay? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm super excited. I'll do it. And uh, But I will say that this past week has been one of the most stressful weeks of my entire life. Just trying to prepare and making sure everything's in order. Um, <laughs> so here's the hoping that this goes well. Uh, give me grace, okay? So I will say, though, I am extremely grateful for our pastors that we have here at Fredonia because they actually have to do this every week, and I don't know how they do it. Um, but speaking from experience this week, I know it takes a lot of time to study and to prepare, um, and that in turn takes time away from their family. So I'm extremely grateful for them. So we're going to go ahead and get started, and we're going to start with, I thought this would be a cool thing to do, and I promise it has a point, okay? We're going to do a little exercise, like a demonstration exercise, not like physical exercise, okay? So what we're going to do, everybody, I'm going to need everybody to hold their breath, as long as I can. Okay, we're going to do it. I'm going to give you one minute. Hopefully, there's not somebody who can hold their breath longer than a minute because it's going to kind of screw everything up. But <laughs> I'm going to give you one minute, okay? And you're going to hold your breath as long as you can. And now my only stipulation is that when you absolutely feel like you need to breathe, don't. Hold on for like 10 more seconds. <laughs> hold on for like 10 more seconds if you can, Okay. But my other stipulation is don't pass out, too, because I'll probably never be invited to speak again. All right? All right, so and no breathing through your nose. If you have to hold your nose, do that, all right? This will be able to tell who the real believers are in here, okay? We can't, we can't breathe. All right, everybody understand? All right, I'm going to give you one minute. Ready? Go. Super quiet. This is awesome. All right, you're at the 15 second mark now. You're doing really good. Wow. Thirty second mark. Is anybody still coming? Dang. Okay. And 40-second mark. And you got 10 more seconds. Keep going. Is anybody still going? And three more, three more. Now. (laughs) Man, y'all did good. I didn't think anybody was going to last that long. (laughs) All right, so tell me how how was that experience? Like, what did you what did you feel? <laughs> Literally, all right. <laughs> Breathtaking. Okay. What else? This is most of the time when I speak, I I interact a lot. So when I ask a question, I do like expect some feedback. So so how was it? Breathtaking. 
uncomfortable, okay. Relieving at the end. Okay, you had to concentrate? Cool. All right, well, let's jump in. I'm going to be um, mainly in Psalm 63, so if y'all want to turn there, I don't know if it's going to be on the Yeah, okay. So Psalm 63, it says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because of your steadfast love is because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me, but those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals, but the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. So I want to go back and camp out here on verse 1. It says, O God, you are my God. What's that next word? Earnestly, right? Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land. So Kendall has been talking about the past few weeks like life in the spirit and how to practically and daily live life being in the spirit, right? In the power of the spirit. Well, what I want to talk about today and what the Lord's placed in my heart um, just after hours and hours of praying, is is desperation. And not only not just desperation, but living living in a state of desperation for God and for the Lord. And what's cool, um, the more I, I was preparing, he was showing me like the two the two topics go hand in hand, right? Because the more you can be sure that you're daily living in the spirit, if daily you wake up in a state of desperation for the Lord. They, they go together. So, as you can see, you know, we read in Psalm 63, first verse, You are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land. Um, we can jump to Psalm 42. I'll just read it from my notes. Psalm 42, the first two verses. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So do you see the relationship between those two verses, right? Each verse talks about my soul's thirsting for the Lord. Like, do you see the desperation in that? And, and, and it's not a casual need. It's not a casual want. It's, a, it's a, like a, an urgency, right? We, um, my wife and I and a few here in this room, we got to go to Israel last summer. That's almost a year ago. Wow. Um, we got to go to Israel. And as you can tell, Israel is vastly different than Nacogdoches because it's not green at all. Um, and here, you know, with just within a five mile radius, you can encounter countless bodies of water, whether that's a river, a creek or a lake or whatever. It's not like that in Israel. You can go miles and miles without coming into contact with any water. 
and that's including a little puddle. I mean, nothing. It's so dry, so arid. So the reason I'm, I'm telling you that is just so you can get a better picture of this, you know, especially of verse 40, of chapter 42, verse 1. You know, it, it's saying, a deer pants, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. So just that idea, right, and that desperation of, you know, you picture a deer going miles and miles without water, you're going to build up a thirst. And that, that thirst and that want becomes more of a, a desperation of, I need this. You see what I'm saying? You see those, how those two connect? So what's cool, you know, especially I think most of us here, since we all, most of us grew up in church, I'm assuming, I think that's something we can all agree on, right? I think at one point in our life, we probably heard that you should be desperate for the Lord, or you should live in a state of desperation for the Lord. And that is, I'm not, that's awesome, (laughs) and you should. Um, But the point I'm wanting to make is, I think a lot of us, trying to choose my words carefully here i'm afraid that and myself included i know that i speaking for myself i can sometimes trick myself thinking i am desperate for the lord um when i'm really not and what i mean by that is there's a difference between wanting something there's a difference and and desiring something versus i'm desperate for this you understand that just like, and, it, and it's so relatable to the Lord, there dif- there's a difference in wanting the Lord. There's a difference in desiring the Lord versus, okay, I'm desperate for the Lord. I need Him, right? And I'm not, and don't, and I'm not here bashing like anything, you know, I'm not here bashing this. Like, we, it's a good thing to want the Lord. It's a good thing to desire the Lord. That's what I'm saying. I fool myself thinking I'm really desperate for the Lord, but I'm selling myself myself short because I'm, I'm kind of stuck in this. I'm just desiring the Lord, and it's this mediocre type relationship that I have with Him. Um, let's go back to you know holding our breath, right? So just to kind of illustrate this point more, ten to fifteen seconds into doing that, your body starts telling you, "Hey, I'm." I'm wanting some air, right? Like, who who actually made it the minute? You made it to the minute, didn't you? Kendall, did you? Okay. So 10 to 15 seconds in, your body starts telling you, man, I'm, I'm wanting some air. Like, I need some air, right? But it's not until you hit, if you lasted that long, the 30-second to 45-second mark where that want becomes more of a desperate need of, I need this. It's not a want anymore. It's something that I need. So why... And your body is telling you, I need it because I need to live, right? And it's the same with the Lord. Like, we need, do, do we understand, I need him every day and all that I do, I need him. So let's go to, um, are you all with me? Like, okay, cool. I, I ran this, like, with my wife just to make sure it made sense. And it did, so I just want to make sure it's making sense now. Um, so Colossians, in Colossians 1, it talks about the preeminence of Christ, right? Um, you know, it talks about he's the firstborn of all creation. By him, all things are created. He's before all things. He holds all things together. Head of the church, the beginning, firstborn from the dead. I, that 
me paraphrasing, that's just Paul's way of saying he has, he's before everything. He's before all things. And that's what one of the things I want to um, just challenge you guys and make the point of when you're, when you're truly desperate for something, whatever that something is, that something becomes your highest priority in that moment. Yeah? Just like breathing or this deer that we're talking about. When you become desperate for something, when that deer becomes desperate for a drink of water, it's not going to, yeah, I need a drink of water, but I'm going to go eat first. Or, yeah, I know I need to breathe, but I'm going to keep holding my breath. Like, No, that thing, needing to breathe, having a drink of water becomes your highest priority in that moment. That is all that you're seeking. It becomes, you might be hungry too, but you're going to get a drink of water before you go eat. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what Paul is saying is, and that's what I'm saying is, is Christ your highest priority? And then take it a step further. Is he your priority in all things? Because I know for myself, I can fool myself thinking he's my highest priority in all things. But doing a little soul searching, I come up empty-handed. Anybody like movies in here? Like, not just like movies. I mean, like, really likes movies. Okay, cool. So, growing up, I I love movies. Growing up as a kid, Ethan, I know you like movies. You should raise your hand. Um, I loved movies. And I remember, for instance, uh, I was watching Space Jam one time. And, yeah, Space Jam, right? I was watching Space Jam, and uh, they just inspired me as a as a kid. So I was watching Space Jam and it was over and I put my basketball clothes on and went outside and I was trying to be Michael Jordan. Um, obvious, for obvious reasons, I can't be Michael Jordan. But um, I've always loved movies. And so much so that even as my major in college, radio, TV, a lot of video work, my minor was in film, making movies, right? And just as equally as I love movies, I love TV shows. Like, give me a good TV show. I can watch it all day long and binge watch it. It's, it's horrible. Bad habit. Um, but I love it. Well, about a year ago, the Lord, there's a certain TV show that I'm not going to name. Um, but it was my favorite TV show. Absolutely loved it. I love the characters. I love the plot line in it. You think it's going this way, and then it like loops you back around. It's like, I never saw that. That was mind-blowing. Uh, but I, I loved it. But about a year ago, the Lord started convicting me of it because he was saying, there's some stuff in here that's not honoring to me. Why are you watching this? And I fought him. Man, I fought him. It was probably, honestly, this is embarrassing, but probably half a year. I I was going back and forth because I did not want to let this go. And this whole time, and that whole time he was telling me this and whispering that in my ear. Are you desperate for me? Are you going to let this TV show trump and be more important, be a higher priority in your life than what I'm trying to do? Like, how trivial is that, you know? So, you know, I let it go. Um, but I say that just to ask us, you know, and when Paul says he's first before all things, that means all things. That's not just the big things. Like, in our lives, we have a tendency to put Christ first in the big things, right? God, what what college do you want me to go to? 
Who should I marry? All these, all these huge things. But sometimes we forget about the little minute things that, uh, you know, it's just a day-to-day thing. I can handle that. Something as little as just a movie or, or something as little as, I don't know, like talking to somebody. Is he first? Is he your highest priority in all things? Because when you are desperate for something, that something becomes your highest priority. Now, I'm not, hear me when I say this too, I'm not trying to be, I'm not being legalistic at all. And I'm not saying that we should be legalistic, right? We each, we all have the same Holy Spirit, but there's freedom in that spirit and we all have our own convictions. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we call ourselves Christians. Christian means little Christs. How are we supposed to be like Christ if we're not willing, or even worse, don't want to give up the things that aren't like Christ in our lives, right? Is he your highest priority? Are you desperate for him? You know, I I think another trap that we can fall into, and I know I catch myself in it all the time, uh, is, you know, we want God, but the real thing that we're desperate for is more the approval of other people. Um, you know, we live in a, especially today, we live in a very like selfie-centered society where everybody wants to document their whole life on social media. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing, um, but it's, this is what I'm eating, you know, this is me at the gym, selfie. It's just, but we do that to, to get likes, right? I mean, I catch myself doing it. I'll post a picture, and a few minutes later, I'll look how many likes I have. Like, <laughs> It's pitiful. I think the most likes I ever had was like 50. That's all I can get, you know. Um, (laughs) But we live in a very selfie-centered society where it's all about me, all about me. Um, And something related to that is, I don't know if y'all would understand this or not, but I call it, I guess, just trendy Christianity, where it's, you know, you, you have to, if you do this, you can call yourself a Christian, right? Where, you know, you can wear chacos, have a tat, and drink coffee, and sleep in a hammock, and listen to good, good father. Oh, I do that. I'm a Christian, you know? Um, and don't hear me. Like, I'm not saying that's bad. That, that's good. But if that's what your identity is wrapped up in, if that's what your relationship with Christ is wrapped up in, are you, you know? We hear things like talking about this trendy Christianity. Themes that I've just I've noticed just in in that topic is you know you I hear, man I'm I'm all about community I love community that's that's just what I seek all the time, that is great. Community is from the Lord. I believe it's necessary for the Lord or it's necessary for the Christian. It holds you accountable, but Scripture also talks about how being in solitude with just you and the Lord is important as well, right? First Timothy, no, not First Timothy, Mark. Mark one thirty five talks about that. You know, and then I hear, man, I can come to Christ just like, like, just like I am. I don't have to clean myself up. You know, I just, I go to him. Absolutely. Like, I'm not disputing that at all. That is, that is scripture, and we couldn't even come to Christ if we had to clean ourselves up. But he doesn't leave you that way either. 
right? He cleans you up, and he tells you or tells us to do this thing called pursue righteousness. So it's not an excuse to come to Christ and stay as you are. There's there's no excuse in that. First Timothy six eleven talks about that, and then one of my favorite things is this is where I should serve because it's my gifting, um, and that's true and accurate as well. We want to have our church body serve where they're gifted at because that's from the Lord. Um, but don't just limit it to that. If if the Lord's calling you to do this, but it's outside of your gift, and you might be able to bless that other person, right? The church is there to encourage each other. Hebrews talks about that, Hebrews 10.24. So the reason I'm talking about this, I know it seems kind of like left field, but sometimes we get wrapped up in the image of things, right? And I'm speaking for myself. I get wrapped up in the image of things. I'm a Christian because this is what I do. And I'm doing this really so other people can see me do it, so I can be approved, so I can be accepted. I think if we're not careful, we become more focused on making sure we look good as we follow religion, more so than us being focused on following Christ, right? Um, and we want, we want the approval of others. That's what we desire if we're not careful. I know for me, uh, I'm a recent graduated discipleship school. Um, any D school people in here? We should have a lot. Okay. So a recent graduated discipleship school. Um, and just in that, the Lord just really wrecked my world in identity and deliverance and freedom, just that area. And if you came to the discipleship school graduation, you saw an awkward video of me saying that the lie that I believed was that I'm not a man. And that was, I didn't even think about it, think about it in the moment until my wife talked to me about it. And I was like, yeah, that was a little weird. So I'm going to explain that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So allow me to explain that. Um, growing up, I didn't have, I didn't have the best relationship with my father growing up, okay? Um, he had his faults. I had my faults. Uh, and as you can imagine, you know, that left some wounds in my life as I got older. And my, I, I, recently, you know, just within the past few years, like I knew there's, there was something not right. My, my perspective, my whole paradigm was just shifted. But I couldn't figure out what that was at all. And I, I tried searching for it. I tried praying. It's just, I mean, the Lord's timing, but he just wouldn't reveal it yet. Well, in discipleship school, we started talking about freedom. We started talking about deliverance and identity. And the Lord had me on this whole identity process months before I even started discipleship school. I just didn't know it yet. Um, he was just speaking that and, and revealing that to me. So we started. We got into the freedom aspect of D school, and the Lord just showed me that. <laughs> he said, "Colton, you don't you don't believe that you're a man. You believe that you're still a little boy. Your perspective, what you think of yourself." You think you're a timid little boy, unconfident, you know, and that's not how I created you. I created you to be a man. I created you to be a warrior. I created you to be confident and to pursue. But you don't think that. You don't believe that about yourself. You think that uh, you don't have what it takes to fill in the blank. Or you think you're not enough to fill in the blank. And what I would do, because I believe that, is... I would look to older males that I respected and I would try to find approval and I would try, try to find affirmation 
and what they thought of me. I tried to find approval and affirmation in them, right? I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. Well, I'm going to find that somewhere else. I'm going to find that in, in other men that I respect. And what that did in my life is if there was something I did that I knew that they slightly disapproved of, it would crush me. Where it wasn't just a day. It was probably, I would have a bad week. And a lot of it, I might not have even done something. I just think they disapprove of me. And there's a miscommunication there, and that would still crush me. My identity, my approval, my affirmation was wrapped up in somebody else. And what the Lord said is, your identity and all that isn't wrapped up in them, it's wrapped up in me. Right? I'm the one who approves of you. You are my son. You're not a boy. You are a man. I created you that way, and I act like it. So, that's just a little testimony from me. Um, just from my life and from discipleship school. So I, I say that to say I was looking for the approval of other people when all I needed and really what I had already was the approval of Christ, was the approval of God, right? That's called the gospel. It's because of Christ. It's because of Jesus. My last point my watch isn't even where it can tell time. Hold on. There we go. All right, one of my last points. You know, when you're truly desperate for something, that desperation compels you to act. You're not going to be desperate for a drink of water and then not go get a drink of water, right? So, I want to ask us and myself this question of, you know, is there something in my life that I know I shouldn't be doing or I know that I shouldn't be saying or shouldn't be watching or shouldn't be reading? Because complacency and desperation for the Lord don't go together, right? Complacency is I know I should be doing something that I'm not or I know I should be doing something, but I'm not doing it. Or I know I shouldn't be doing something that I should be doing. That was confusing. You, you with me? They don't go together. So... Just to ask yourself this question, is there something in my life that I know I shouldn't be doing? If so, God, to be honest, I'm not desperate for you. Because if I'm desperate for you, you are my highest priority. You do come first. You are where I find approval. Therefore, my desperation will compel me to act toward you, to act in a godly way. And what's cool is the opposite is true as well. Is there something you should be doing? Is there something you should be saying? Is there something you should be reading or watching? Our desperation for the Lord, if it's true desperation, should compel us to act toward Him, to act out in a godly way. Now, I'm not... I just want to make a point clear. I'm in the same boat as everybody. (laughs) I'm not up here, like, shouting condemnation. It has been a super hard week, not just trying to prepare, but really... As I was preparing, like, the Lord was just convicting me of things. You know, like, you're not desperate in this area. You know, well, look over here. You're not desperate here. It was hard just to do this introspection. Um, super challenging week. And, and my hope for really today um, and this morning is, I know it was super short, but that's okay. Uh, you know, it's just that our hearts would be pricked by the Holy Spirit, just to ask us that question. 
Are, are you desperate for me? Are you truly desperate for me? Because, like I said, there's a difference in wanting something and truly being desperate. When you're desperate for something, th- that becomes your highest priority. When you're desperate for something, you're going to act toward that something. And when we're desperate for the Lord, we want our approval to come from Him. Right? So I'm going to pray. I don't know. Are there, are there three questions up there? No? Okay. Well, get out a pen and paper, and you can jot these down in a minute. Um, actually, right now. We'll do it right now. I think it would be cool if we like split into groups and talked about this. Um, and just kind of talk about these three questions. One, am I pursuing God with absolute desperation? Second question, what things compete with me doing that? And then the last question is, what are some things that I can implement that will help me pursue God desperately? Everybody have those? Let me repeat them. Yeah. First question, am I pursuing God with absolute desperation? Second one, what things compete with me doing that? And third, what are some things that I can implement that will help me pursue God desperately? Or what things can I do, right? This is what I'm talking about. Let's act on it. What is something I can do that will help me be desperate for the Lord? So I'm going to pray, and then we can split off, um, I'd say, groups of three or four, um, and we can begin just discussing this. And also, too, like, if the Lord reveals something to you, pray over it, you know? Like, pray over it then. Um, I don't want this just to be something that we're doing because I said it. Like, let's actively engage with each other and care. So, Father, I thank you just for this time that you've given me. Um, Lord, I know that your truth doesn't return void. Um, and I know that, uh, you had a purpose for this. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you just for how you pursue us and how you love us desperately, Lord. And I just ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will empower us to pursue you in return, God, to pursue you desperately above all things. God, you, you should be the highest priority in our life. I just ask for your conviction to show us um, areas that we need to surrender to you. Um, God, and I just ask that you give us the strength to let that go. Um, Father, I thank you just for this time. Lord, I just ask that you will be in these discussion groups. Um, God, and we just submit this and give this all to you. In Christ's name, amen.